You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, pristine, preppy prefects practicing for pedantic perfection. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 240. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And we are your lit litter of literary little necks. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. And today we have a special guest. It doesn't happen uh, very often. Uh, so everybody give a warm welcome to Neville Fogarty. Yay. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, uh, Colin. Thanks, Chris. You might have heard Neville's name before. That is because Neville is is a highly respected crossword puzzle designer, and he actually made the Good Job Brain the crossword in our book. Thanks. That, that was a lot of fun to write. It has the names of your favorite uh, Good Job Brain personalities hiding in it. So if you go back to Barnes & Noble or wherever it is that Kinko's. Kinko's. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right, Kinko's. Uh, you'll you'll be able to enjoy that crossword. Well, Neville, how did you get into puzzling? I guess I started solving crosswords about 15 years ago now, back when oh. I was in college. Uh, it was my first summer after freshman year, and I had failed to procure a summer job back where <laughs> I lived. I saw, and so I, I was having a terrible time trying to find an actual job. So I saw online uh, a posting for a game show that was going to be looking for contestants, a new show called Merv Griffin's Crosswords. And Merv Griffin, (gasps) the legendary TV personality, the guy who created Jeopardy, he was a crossword addict. And so he had come up with this idea for a new game show based around crosswords. And I said, this can be my summer job. (laughs) I can learn how to solve crossword puzzles and make thousands of dollars by winning on a game show. So (laughs) I did crossword boot camp for three weeks that summer by solving every puzzle I could find. And my mom is very good. Like she's been solving puzzles for decades. And so she would teach me all the those little three and four letter words that show up all the time. And that you only get from practice and so i treated this like my full-time job and then went and actually tried out for the show uh something i know karen knows a lot about uh ended up getting on it although we were the 27th episode that taped ours was such a good episode that they bumped it to the very front of the season (laughs) and we were the first episode aired Premiere. I ended up winning. Oh my gosh! It was an absolute (laughs) blast. (laughs) This whole thing was so like wildly improbable um, that that this would pay off in any way, shape, or form. It's such a long shot, such a crapshoot, because on on this show, and it's okay if you haven't seen it, it ran for one season and it wasn't very well publicized. This was. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this was right around when Merv passed away. They had started production. Uh, I was going to ask you. Yeah. like That's right. It, it, this was, I believe, we taped while he was alive and he passed before it actually no. aired. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Um, so just threading that needle. But 
but yes, it, the the way the show worked was there were five contestants on an episode, and you worked to solve one crossword, one clue at a time. And there were two of the players started, and then three players were introduced as spoilers. And there was sort of the the Mario Kart blue shell effect in that <laughs> if the first two players fail to ring in and answer correctly, one of the spoilers could ring in and not only take their place but also all of the cash that they had earned to that point and then (laughs) that player would have to spoil back in it was what were you very intense so i started at the front you do the first round it's normal it's just two people buzzing in on a quiz show and then after that they introduce the spoilers for round two and then it sort of trades off back and forth in our episode so i spent some time (laughs) in the back row as a spoiler waiting to get a, a chance to come back in and uh, and then I, I regained my podium, and the winner is the person who, at the end of the episode, is in the front with money and has mm. the most money. Ah. And so ah. that was me through a, a combination of study skills, because some things that I had prepped for showed up. And uh, not going to lie, a little bit of dumb luck helped. You always need luck. It doesn't, I mean, in fact, the more skilled you are, the more luck comes into play because everyone is skilled that you're competing against. So For sure. I just can't believe the story started with, oh, how'd you get in Crossroads? Well, I needed a summer job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The game show winning. Amazing. If you don't mind me asking, what did the winner get? It was mostly cash. So you were winning, you were amassing cash along the way. And I ended up, winning uh, $3,450. You could also win some side trips along the way. They were crossword getaways. Uh-huh. They were, for, they were the best kind. Right? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't end up winning one of those because of the trading of podiums and those prizes went with the podium. Mm. Uh, but I did also win a trip to Antigua hey! in the bonus round. That was my spring break that year. <laughs> What are these crossword yeah. getaways and how do I, how do I score one? <laughs> crossword getaways absolutely sounds like a uh, late mid like Nintendo Wii game, you know, that you would come across. You know, it's like it's a combination of like travel and crosswords. Yeah. Well, they did make a Wii version of this game show. <gasps> and, <laughs> and I do have a copy of it. I discovered that in addition to other puzzles on there, they do have the puzzle from my episode, and uh, I found this out while playing it with people. <laughs> <laughs> twists and turns, twists and turns. But yes, these days that I I mostly do construction of puzzles, including I've been writing cryptics myself uh, for the New Yorker, oh. and so oh. if, if you oh. if you caught the cryptic bug, then you might try checking those out. They come out each Sunday online. I did not realize that, and I will start doing them. There you go. There's a soft paywall, so just get incognito mode ready. Gotcha. And you'll be good to go. (laughs) We need to cut that out. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. (laughs) Well, Neville, what would you say are your strong categories in trivia, and what are some of your weak categories? Middle and high school, I would do Geography B and Science Bowl. Mm -mm. So Uh... I think those, those are my more academic categories. I also grew up watching a lot of TV. As as far as weakness goes, I know that if I were playing pub quiz with y'all, I too would be relying on Colin for some sports knowledge oh. because that's that's not great for me. 
Actually, it's funny because uh, I was going to bring this up because speaking of sports knowledge, I learned something about sports that I found very funny <laughs> that I wanted to share mostly with Karen because Karen is probably the one who hasn't heard about this. Colin has probably already heard about this. Uh, on September 14th uh, of this month, Wednesday, uh, the Yankees were playing the Red Sox in Fenway Park. Uh, and uh, Yankees second baseman Glaber Torres did something very interesting because he was at bat. There were two men on base, two outs. Uh, he hits it into right field. They attempt to throw home to get the guy coming home, uh, but the throw is not in time. Now the, the Red Sox try to throw back to first to get Torres, who's still running to first, but they but they miss it, and the ball goes all the way way back into right field again. Torres keeps running, and he gets to third base. He's figured he's going to stop at third, oh. but the third base coach waves him home. Torres, who again had been at bat, and the ball is just you know being thrown Ping around point. the stadium at this point, comes. <laughs> comes back comes home it's a tight play at the plate but he but he's safe the reason i heard about this is people started talking about it and this is called uh a little league home run (laughs) (laughs) bumbling kids because it basically defined as a play in which the batter scores with the help of fielding errors by the other team so yeah (laughs) hey Yep. A point is a point, man. That's right. No, no, no. It's, good right. for, it's, it's yeah. great for the batter. Yeah, absolutely. Neville, we're going to put your trivia knowledge to the test. So let's jump into our first general trivia segment Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Ba-na-na, ba-na-na. Every time uh, in my head. <laughs> you know, we do it in post, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah, we don't really. <laughs> speak, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. So I do have a random trivial pursuit card from the box. And Colin, Chris, you have your barnyard buzzers. Neville is our special guest. So what we're going to do is we're going to put him in the hot seat. There are six questions on this card. You get two a uh, right of refusal. So you can pass twice. And when if you pass, it'll go to Colin and Chris and they can answer <laughs> the question. How's that? How does that sound? Let's go for it. Okay, let's go for it. Here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography. Neville, the ancient Roman town of Pompeii was destroyed and preserved by the eruption of which volcano in 79 CE? That was Mount Vesuvius. Correct. Yes. Pink Wedge. The last album to feature the original lineup of Funkadelic has which unappetizing title? Let me read it again. Hmm. <laughs> The last album to feature the original lineup of Funkadelic has which unappetizing title? At the risk of, of, of passing too early, because I, I know that the stakes are incredibly high here. <laughs> yes. My, my knowledge of, of George Clinton is failing me, so I, I think I will pass. <gasps> Ooh, Colin and Chris buzz in. Oh, jeez. I have no idea. Smelly socks. I... Uh... <laughs> Dana knows for sure. Yeah, Dana knows yeah, yeah. for sure. Yogurt, yogurt verps. Yogurt verps. <laughs> you know what? You're close. That's actually you're you're in the oh, really? uh, the P Funk. <laughs> really, you're in the P Funk sphere. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. It is maggot brain. Ah, maggot brain. Oh. I, I would at least I would at least sample a song or two off of yogurt verps. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping soon. All right, Neville Yellow Edge. How many members are there in the U.S. House of Representatives? It's multiple choice. But well, I want to see okay. if you know. Okay. Can I try and earn a pass back by answering pre-multiple choice? Ooh. Yes. Oh. I'm just making up some rules here. 
are there 435 members? Yes, you're correct. You earned your pass back. Very well done. Wonderful. Very nice. Taking a uh, taking a taking the chance that this uh, trivial pursuit card is not really old. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. <laughs> That's one that's that's a really good example of one where when you said it, Karen, I was like, ooh, I don't think I could name it outright, but from multiple choice, I felt very what confident. The multi- what was the multiple yeah, choice? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 335, 435, or 535. Uh, I would have I would have definitely guessed 435. Uh good job. Purple Wedge, what is the style of painting that uses opaque watercolors? What is the style of painting that uses opaque watercolors i'm gonna hazard a guess here because i know that this is an art word but that's about as specific as i can be with it is it impasto incorrect Ah. colin and chris you want to take the steal oh chris Chris. I, mean, I know that there might be. I mean, there's there's obviously more to it than that than choice of materials. But I'm gonna say impressionism. Incorrect. Call it art Man, history. I, yeah, Come I got it. I'm on, I'm really making myself here now. Uh, it, 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 is that a gouache? Yes. Whoa. Okay. Oh, okay. Go eight. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's go G G O U A C H E gouache. As in, go wash your hands. You've got <laughs> opaque watercolors all over them. Yes, <laughs> that's great. That's really good mnemonic really there, good. Chris Kohler, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then I'll give you all a freebie here. You know, just since oh, you thanks. gave me since you gave me the platform, uh, the the impasto. That is a great artwork, yes. and that that's like kind of just like what is it? Like, that's like the the build up, the visual kind of texture of paint. You know, and a oh, lot of like Bob Ross does. A, oh. a lot of painters, yeah, wear like almost three D, yeah. A little bit of a side question. Do you guys play Learned League? Yes. Me too. Learned League is a is a kind of season-based trivia game. Like it's an yeah. online site. You get six questions a day during the weekday. You're also matched with an opponent. Um, and it's really fun. I'm having a pretty hard season. Devil. I've been invited and I, I have not joined because it would be Colin, too stressful for me. Colin, it would just, it. It would, it, no, it just, it's I know stressful. myself. I know myself and my approach to trivia. And I just know that it would be a source of stress. I have. Colin, I used to like stew about it all day. I'd be like, oh, this is in the punch bowl. I'm yeah. going to come up with this. And um, uh, a couple of years ago, I said, that's not fun. Let's just always do this in five minutes a day. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like that has greatly improved my enjoyment of it. Like I was, but then I realized it's like, oh, even if I miss one by next week, I will have forgotten that. And I will yeah. not yeah. feel bad about that. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So. That, that's, that's actually really good advice, Neville. That is exactly how I uh, have been approaching it. I just could see myself stewing. Yeah. I should just, I should just give myself a time limit. Well, I'll, I'll send you guys invites for next <laughs> season. Back to pop quiz. Here we go. Next question. Green wedge. Alfred Nobel father of the Nobel Peace Prize, made his fortune with the invention of which powerful tool? <laughs> Trivia staple. I, I, I believe, as, as Jimmy J.J. Walker would say on Good Times, that would be, I know might. Die no might. Correct. All right, now last question, Orange Wedge. Here we go. Linen fabric is made from the fibers of which plant? Is that flax? Yes, it is mm-hmm. flax. Wow. wow! Round of applause. Killing Long it. Round. Good job, everyone. And I'm glad y'all were there to pick up 
on my lack of art history knowledge. You know, we say Colin's a sports guy. He's also the fine arts guy. He is. <laughs> he contains multitudes. <laughs> like, I don't know why I've said this enough. Colin is our trivia MVP. Oh, you guys, you guys make me blush. You guys remember when Trivia Prize was they would cover our dinner check? That was yes. the best. That was the, those, that was the best era. Living that like was kings wonderful. at the Elephant and Castle. That's yep. right. <laughs> Spend like a hundred bucks on dinner and then get it all comped because we won trivia. Bangers and mash. Right? The yeah. food too. The food was good. Like it was real Elephant food. Elephant Castle food was so good. Yeah. Okay, this week. So every fifth episode of Good Job Brain, uh, we don't have a theme or a topic. It is our chance and place to bring quizzes that we wrote and share them with each other, try to stump each other and try to stump you guys, listeners. It's our all quiz bonanza number 48. I'll start us off with a quiz that's actually been kicking around in my head for years. I mean, I've talked on the show before. You guys know I have my little like sort of backlog list I keep of topics and ideas. This, this just for whatever reason, this one just never actually got hammered into final quiz form. So I'm very happy to deliver this to you today. So uh, (laughs) the, the roots of this quiz go back several years. My wife and I were talking about Wham, of course, the pop sensation. Uh, And it was probably right around the time uh, that George Michael passed away, I'm guessing. And we were talking about how, you know, wham, I mean, it's it's a two person, uh, you know, outfit, right? And millions of records, huge number one hits. But for so many, so many people, it's, oh, George Michael and uh, the other guy, you know, the the other guy. Yeah, Andrew Ridgely. Uh-huh. Yeah. There we go. Andrew Ridgely. That's right. That's right. And to his credit, Andrew Ridgely is, has a very good uh, outlook and sense of humor about being the other guy in Wham. He's totally cool with it. He's done very well by himself. He's a producer. I mean, he has all, all, all kinds of other things going on. I got me thinking how many very famous household name, million album selling bands, tens of millions of albums sold, you might just only know one person in the band, you know? And I mean, of course, there's, you know, a lot of big famous front men for various bands. And, you know, it can drop off very quickly past that. So uh, I put together a quiz about the other guys. And that's the name of this quiz is the other guys. All of the questions in this quiz will revolve around bands that I've selected from the list of highest selling bands of all time. All right. I I promise you, I promise you, you know all of these bands, uh, but you may not know the names of all the members of these bands. Cool. I was looking at the list and maybe no surprise, the Beatles, number one. And, you know, it was interesting to me, though, that the Beatles may be one of the only bands on this list where for not, you know, necessarily a super music fan, you could very likely name all four members. Pretty likely if you're, especially over a certain age, you could name Ringo Starr, George Harrison, Paul McCartney, John Lennon. It drops off really fast after that. I have to say, like looking at the lists of uh, biggest selling bands. So I I had hope this might make for a good quiz. So let me give you guys the format here. I'm going to start by naming the members of this band for each question in what I consider, the internet considers to be least famous to most famous. So you're going to jump in lightning round style and you're going to buzz in when you think you know what band I'm talking about, okay? I will award more points uh, the sooner you jump in. Get your barnyard buzzers. And what should we do for Neville? What should, does Neville, you have like a bell or a, just anything, a, just a stick and a mm-hmm. block? 
hammer on a wall. Yeah, just anything that can make a sharp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. I love it. That's perfect. I have the, the buzzer sound saved on my phone. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> wow. Even with a, with a little click in there and everything. I will tell you all up front, so you're not waiting for it. Fleetwood Mac does not Yay! appear on this Come quiz, on. despite being one of the best-selling bands of all time. Yes, too, too far too easy for Chris Kohler here. So, all right. Hold on. I yeah. can name them. There's four of them, right? <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, Karen. How many? Oh, oh okay. Karen. Oh, no. Karen. <laughs> well, so I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I should say, so uh, many of the bands on this list here. So we're, we're going to be covering bands that were founded in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, household name bands. But a lot of these bands have been around a very long time. Some of them have been stable. Some of them uh, have oh. had, you know, maybe a revolving door of members. So I am not committing to naming every person who has ever been in every iteration of each band, but yeah. kind of just sort of the the highlights, let's say. Uh, all of these bands have four or more members. Uh, so the, the police do not appear on here. Nirvana does not appear on here. Wham! does not appear on this quiz. Get your buzzers ready. Let it flow. Just feel it. It's going to come to you. You're going from lesser known to more known. You got it. Maybe we'll start a little easier here. <clears throat> Adam Clayton. Larry Mullen Jr. Oh, this sounds familiar. The Edge. Ah, Neville. First sound I heard. U2. That is indeed U2. All right. And then, of course, I would have rounded that out with Bono. Here we go. Moving right along. Next one. John Deacon. Roger Taylor. Chris. This is the who. Ooh, I'm sorry, Chris. It is not the who. I'll continue. Oh, oh! Brian May. I... Ah, Neville, again. Queen. That is Queen. That is yeah. Queen. I was I was thinking of Queen. <laughs> and, the and then the last name, of course, would have been Freddie Mercury if I were Freddie to continue Mercury. that list. That's right. All right, here we go. Moving right along. Brian Jones. Bill Wyman. Charlie Watts. Keith Richards. Oh, I think you all buzzed in there at the same time. Uh, Karen, what do you got? Rolling Stones. Yes, that is the Rolling (laughs) Stones. Uh, And then I would have rounded out with Mick Jagger. So yeah, certainly some of these bands, you know, have a one and a two, maybe. Um, It's usually like it's the front man and then... (laughs) The guitar player. That's right. Very often. Yep. Here we go. Maybe maybe get into some a little more uh, tricky territory here. <clears throat> Robert Trujillo. Kirk Hammett. Lars Ulrich. Uh, Karen. Metallica. That is Metallica. And then I would have I would have listed James Hetfield next. Uh, another band that certainly has had uh, some members. Come I was on a plane with years. him. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a recognizable dude out out in public, for sure. Mm -hmm. Next one. Here we go. John Densmore. Robbie Krieger. Ray Manzarek. Jim Morrison. Uh, Karen. The Doors. That is The Doors. That is The Doors. I'll give you one point for getting to uh, Mr. Mojo Ryzen himself, Jim Morrison. Next one. John Paul Jones. John Bonham. So many Johns. Robert Plant. 
Oh, Karen. Pink Floyd. Ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, Chris wants to take a stab. Yes, Led Zeppelin. That is Led Zeppelin. All right, Chris on the board here. All right, and then I would have rounded out with uh, with Jimmy Page. Page. That's right, Jimmy Page. Yeah, a band that actually had very stable membership over their uh, time. You know what's really sad? And uh, people feel free to make fun of me. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it. I (laughs) I first knew Jimmy Page. I didn't grow up with classic rock. I knew Jimmy Page because of. A song in the Godzilla movie. Do you remember? <laughs> and, and it was. It's with with Puff Daddy. It's like come yeah, with the me. Has a weird time. Yeah, oh. has Puff Daddy featuring Jimmy Page. I was like, who's this guy? Oh, <laughs> well, that was no the shame. point, right? Yeah, you know, introduce it to the new audience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move forward a little bit uh, in history here. Maybe Karen, give you a little bit of a better chance here. <clears throat> Steven Adler, Duff McKagan. Ooh, Chris, after two. Guns and Roses. That is GNR. Wow. Guns and Roses. Wow. You got it. That's there's, right. There's and then, a reason I know that, but I, why? Uh, so my friend in college was a big Guns N' Roses fan. He he was rushing his fraternity, and then they all get they, the fraternity gives them all uh nicknames, you know what I mean? And uh, they were like, Oh, what do you think your name's gonna be? He's like, Well, because I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, I'm guessing you're gonna name me Axel. And he was like, yeah, well, that was it. But now that you guessed it, we can't name you that. So they named him. Uh, so his nickname <laughs> four years of college was Duff, and I knew that that was a Guns N' Roses member. So that's a Slumdog <laughs> story. Slumdog Millionaire, Incredible. baby. Yeah, absolute. That's great. Uh, and then I was going to round out that list here with Izzy Stradlin slash, of course, mm-hmm. Axel Rose yes. himself. That's right. All right, I'll give you guys a little bit of a clue here. It's another American band. All right, Bill Berry, Peter Buck. Oh. Mike Mills. Oh, oh, Karen, and with enthusiasm. R-E-M. You got it. That is R-E-M. Athens, Georgia's own R-E-M. That's right. And then Michael Stipe would have rounded out that list. Another three points to Karen. Ramping up the difficulty here a little bit. Anyone's game. Anyone's game. I'll just say you have many options on this one, all right? Gary Talent. Roy (laughs) Bitten. Danny Federici. Nils Lofgren, Clarence Clemens, <sighs> Neville. What do you got for us? Is that uh, the E Street Band? You got it. That Whoa! is the E Street Band. I would have also accepted Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. That's right. Patty Scalfa, Max Weinberg, yeah. Stephen Van Zant, and Bruce Frederick mm-hmm. Joseph Springsteen. Still anyone's game? Philip Selway. Ed O'Brien. Oh. Colin Greenwood. Oh, why? Johnny Greenwood. No but no takers yet. Tom York. Oh, Karen and Neville, I think at the same time there. Uh, Karen, what do you got? Oh, I'm so ashamed because I'm such a big fan. Radiohead. That is Radiohead. That's right. Radiohead. Tom York, uh, the Greenwood Brothers. Johnny Greenwood, of course, knows Slouch himself, contributing a lot of music to movies these days. That's right. Two more. Here we go. We got a band from the 70s and we got a band uh, from the 90s. You guys figure out which is which. Randy Meisner. Don Felder. Glenn Fry. 
Tight one there. Neville, what do you got? The Eagles? That is the Eagles. Don't they have a lot of Dons in the band? Too many Dons? (laughs) They got too many Dons, right? They got Don Felder, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, and then, of course, Don Henley. Um, As I'm sure Chris knows, this is probably right in his wheelhouse. You know, they sort of grew out of being Linda Ronstadt's backing band, essentially, um, sort of the the genesis of the Eagles. I did know Um, that. It's interesting. Looking at all these uh, highest selling albums lists, there is definitely a bias for bands from a certain era, you know, from sort of the 60s oh, yeah. through to maybe the 90s, just in the sweet spot of tracking albums sold, but also albums being a thing versus singles. But oh. to this day, today, as of today, right now, this recording, the Eagles album, their greatest hits, that's the title, their greatest hits, is the highest selling album in the United States all time. All time, more than more than oh. Thriller, more than Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, more than anything. They the Eagles have sold so many records. It's truly incredible. It's crazy because they only have that one song. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. able to do that. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, Chris. What's I mean, you know, not that I'm like president of the Eagles fan club or anything, um, but uh, I own this album, their greatest hits, but it does not include Hotel California, which is arguably what? that's right. That's I mean, just to put it in context, they had enough hits for that album to be the highest selling album in U.S. history without Hotel California being on that album. Yeah. Wild! Oh yeah. my god! That's because Hotel California would take up an entire cd you wouldn't be able to fit any other songs on it yeah yeah all right last one here we go ryan duzik mickey madden jesse carmichael karen's gonna take a guess what do you got it's wrong it's it's just because you said madden i was like oh it's good charlotte (laughs) benji benji madden sorry uh it is not good charlotte it is uh this 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 is a a band sold many more millions of albums i will continue here jesse jesse carmichael james valentine frontman adam levine oh uh everyone all together what is the answer Maroon, Maroon 5. You got it. I'll give one point to everyone here. So uh, very tight game. Neville, congratulations. Walking oh. away is the winner with, uh, by my count, 13 points. Well done. Acquitted yourself wow. very well. That's Thank right. You. you know the other. You're other guy certified. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Liberty sees me. It stands by me and celebrates me for who I am. When I come into the office, I feel that I belong here. I don't have to be corporate America Gabby. I can just bring Gabby to work. Reach your potential and find a job you love at Liberty Mutual. We offer development training, rich benefits, and a culture that lets you bring your whole self to work so you can pursue your tomorrow today. Ready to consider a career at Liberty Mutual? Find out how at LibertyMutualCareers.com. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of urine! Cat 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia. Good Job Brain. All right, well, I, I think that I should get revenge on everybody here with another musical quiz, if any of uh, if no one minds. Is it perhaps the thing I promise I did not study for? The oh! parenthetical song title quiz? That's the one. I hope you did ah! not study, because we don't study on Good Job Brain. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> no one is ever allowed to study. Uh, <laughs> earlier, earlier this season, just to catch everybody up in episode 236, I put together a quiz about the Nintendo GameCube. And somehow, uh, you'll have to listen to the episode to find out how this happens. We ended up on the topic of uh, Crystal Waters, recording artist behind the unlikely 1991 hit Gypsy Woman, parentheses, She's Homeless. Now, <laughs> now, we all had a light chuckle at that because I think it's like you have this song titled Gypsy Woman and it's like, oh, what, what's that about? And then you get to the Mysterious. end of the title. And it's like, but then it's in parentheses. It's like, she's homeless. It's like, oh, okay. You know. Um, it just, I didn't want to leave it in the subtext there. I just wanted to make sure you understood, you know, there's, there's so many, there's all these song titles out there with, with parentheses in them. And I think every one of the, these titles is at least like mildly funny. Like, I don't know why, like the parentheses, it just, it just makes the song title a little bit funnier. Um, and I said, okay, I'll do a, a parenthetical song quiz. And so now we're here. It's all quiz bonanza. I did it. The other thing is. There's so many really? very well-known wow. songs with parentheses in the title. <laughs> I had I had no shortage of songs to choose. I could do a part two of this, like standing on my head. Um, but this is part one. So here it's here's how it's gonna work. We have Neville here as our special guest. This quiz is going to be a three-on-one uh format. You three are all on a trivia team now, an ad hoc trivia team. And I am your quiz master. You're all working together. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. The answer to this trivia question is going to be the title of a song that has parentheses somewhere in the title. (laughs) You are going to pool all of your knowledge and you are going to give me one answer to get the point for your team, you have to get the song, the words Correct. in the song title, and the parenthetical placements exactly right. All right. If you do not get it exactly right, I get the point. All right. So, for example, for example, if I were to give you the question, um, this Simon and Garfunkel song is named after the structure currently known as the Ed Koch Queensboro Bridge. You would answer, a way you could answer this is, the 59th Street Bridge song, open parentheses, feeling groovy, close parentheses. <laughs> Man, all right, Incredible. okay. <laughs> if you don't know how to, if you don't want to say it out loud, you can you can write somebody, you can designate somebody to write it down too, if you want to. Oh, we're saying it, but you got to be, yeah. It's better just to say like open parentheses, close parentheses, just to be clearly where they are. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right? <laughs> 
All right. There's like Colin said in that episode. There's there's just so much story <laughs> in, in the parentheses. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feeling groovy. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Again. So uh, here. So here we go. Here's question number one. Here's question number all right. one. Okay. All right. All right. You're all working together. Question Oof. number one. Back to the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones' first number one song in the United States was this 1965 banger about Mick Jagger's inability to obtain any contentment. Uh, okay. All right. I think it's open parenthesis. I can't get no close parenthesis satisfaction. Satisfaction. Okay. I yeah. I mean, just linguistically, it's not going to be satisfaction. Parents, I can't get no. You know. Right. So <laughs> yeah. True. And 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 if you're going to choose part of the song to emphasize. But now I'm doubting. Like, is the I part of it? Is it just oh, can't get no? Can't get no. Right. Chris did say exact. All right. Time to time to throw out an answer. I don't think I, I is in there. I think it's can't okay. get no. Really? Okay. Satisfaction. Neville, why not, why not you be the official deliverer? Sure. We'll, we'll go with open parenthesis, can't get no, close parenthesis, satisfaction. <laughs> um, should have put that I in there. No! Open parenthesis, I can't yeah. get no, close parenthesis, satisfaction. That is one point for me. That's okay. Question number two. The apocalypse never sounded like so much fun as it did in this 1987 hit from R.E.M. Oh, uh, okay. It's the end so, of the world as we know, we know it. it. And I feel fine. I think it's I think it's it's the end of the world as we know it. Parens, and I feel fine. There's just a journey of self-doubt on each of these questions. Okay, here. Okay. <laughs> so Colin, you're saying it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Parentheses. With the word, with the word and, yes. Oh, it's so long. All right, time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up and submit an answer. <laughs> What's the answer? It's the end of the world as we know it, open parenthesis, and I feel fine, close parenthesis. Correct. Yes. Very good. Well done. That is it. Oh that is exactly God. it. All right. I'm like this sweating. Is very, this is <laughs> actually really sweating. dovetailing, I think, with Colin's quiz very much because these are all extremely popular songs. And nobody quite knows exactly what the title of these songs is. Or the punctuation. <laughs> yeah. You introduce the parentheses, it just confuses it all. Okay, number yeah. three, question three. This 1985 song by artist John Parr was written for a Brat Pack film whose name makes up part of the song's title. Say, okay, okay. It's St. Elmo's Fire. Man in Motion. I think Man in Motion is in brackets afterwards. Oh, do you think? I, th I think it's St. Elmo's Fire, open parenthesis, man in motion, close parenthesis. I only know the song because Colin talked about how that's the only song he sang once at karaoke yeah, ever. quite terribly. Yeah, let's yeah, just not... Man in, well, so well, Colin, you sang it. What's, what's it called? <laughs> I was very drunk at the time. Uh, perhaps too much so. I think Neville's right. I think it's St. Elmo's Fire because they're they're also promoting the movie. Yeah, mm. it's, it's sort of a the Goonies are good enough type situation. Mm. Yeah, go for it. Okay, we'll say... Yes. St. Elmo's mm -hmm. Fire, open parenthesis, man in motion, close parenthesis. You got it. Absolutely right. Yep. St. Elmo's Fire is the main title of the song, and then man in motion is the... You know, and this this is one of those cases where the uh, song's title doesn't really remind the listener, like, what this is. So, like, what's that song about the man in motion? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, yeah. They, they put it in parentheses. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is the one. The St. Elmo's Fire song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question number four. 
There is a certain 1987 film that I'm sure you know and love that ends with two young lovebirds at a resort in the Catskills uh, <laughs> dancing yes. to this song. I've had... From Dirty Dancing? I just want to throw this out there. I'm not saying this is it. I want to throw it out. Is it something like the theme from Dirty Dancing, Perez, oh, I've had God. the time of my life? <laughs> no, just, I, no. I, I just want to throw it out. No self-censorship. We all know the sure. rules. I just, I just want to say that. <laughs> I've had parentheses yes. and then the time I of agree. my life. The is, is, is in the main title. So it's yes. parenthesis, I've had, close parenthesis, the time of my life. That is it. That is absolutely oh, it. Great right. work. Great yeah. work, team. The, the the could have been anywhere, but yes, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the time of <laughs> yes. The, the song is called "The Time of My Life," but the full the full title is "I've Had the Time of My Life." <laughs> it's like, why do they bother? It's just, it's you know what I mean. Like, who? It's like they're not confident. Yeah. yeah. Just make it into the title. Yep. Yeah, or it's like a two co-writers and they just couldn't agree, and they're like, all right, you know what? We're just gonna put this in parens, and we're just gonna <laughs> say, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh. Question number five. People always ask Meatloaf what this song's title means. And his answer is, it's not a mystery. It's a response to the line in the song, sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. Okay, Meatloaf. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. But I won't do that. Is it, I would do anything for love, or I'd do anything for love? I think it's I'd. I'd I'd do, I'd, I'd, I'd. Okay, I don't have a real strong feeling. I just wanted to just throw it out there. I'd do anything for love, open parenthesis, but I won't do that, close parenthesis. That is it. And I would not have taken, I would. It is I'd. Even though he doesn't say that in the song. Again, this is all about like, oh, really? That's the title? Yeah, the title is I'd do anything for love, parentheses, but I won't do that, close parentheses. On the board for you guys. Question number six. Uh, Rupert Holmes sang this song about taking out a classified advertisement looking for a drinking buddy with benefits. Is this Pina Colada song? It is Escape, the Pina mm-hmm. Colada song. Yeah, I think that's right. I feel very I, strong. Why? Yeah. Why is it written yeah. like that? <laughs> because he knew. He knew yeah. exactly yeah. what he was selling. Yep. And it was Pina Coladas. It wasn't Escape. What part are drunk bar patrons going to be singing along with on the jukebox? A yeah. Pina yeah. Colada <laughs> song! Right. We'll say Escape, open parenthesis, the Pina Colada song, close parenthesis. Close yes, this is another example of, uh, yeah, here's my real um, poetic artsy title for the song. And then in parentheses is what all you people call it. Uh, yes, it's <laughs> Escape, open parentheses, the Pina Colada song, close parentheses, another point on the board for you guys. You're very well here. Great job. We're going to move right along. Question number seven, the signature song of artist Darlene Love. This originally appeared on oh. uh, the album A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector. Man, we talked about this on the show, too. I completely forgot. Which Christmas song is it? It's something like, I'm coming home for... like. I believe it's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. You know, this this quiz is hard because first you have to know what song you're asking from the yeah. trivia. And then yeah. you have to decide on where the stupid <laughs> punctuation marks are. Because I could see it being Rockin' Around, parentheses, the Christmas Tree. <laughs> Or right, it right. could be parentheses <laughs> rocking around the. What if it's rocking around parentheses the Christmas tree? I feel like that's our best guess, even if it's the okay. wrong song. Okay, okay, I'm on we'll, board with we'll that. go with that. Rocking around parentheses the Christmas tree close parentheses. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, okay. 
Um, I don't know how that song's title is is parasitized, ah. uh, <laughs> if, if indeed it is at all. But the song we're looking for is titled "Christmas." Parentheses, baby, please come yes. home. Oh, oh yeah, you kind of had man. a hint on that, Karen. You did one point yeah. for me. So basically, the song's title is just Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the audacity. <laughs> yeah, right. There's never been a song about this. Can't believe no one's thought of this before. Question eight. You wake up late for school. Man, you don't want to go. You ask your mom, please, but she still says no. Oh, well, your mom man. says no, but the Beastie Boys say this. <laughs> All right. Fight, fight for, for your, your right, right to, party. to party. Is it? I don't think it's you gotta fight for your right to party. I think it's Colin, just... I think it's a double bracket. I think it's open parenthesis... You gotta close parenthesis, fight for your right, open parenthesis, to party. You are blowing my mind. That feels Chris Colarian to me. It does. And very Beastie Boysian, too. No, that's too outrageous. You think that's too outrageous? (laughs) To have the double set of parens? I I mean, he didn't say anything about only one set of parens. I don't know. But Neville, you have the last word. You have the last well, word I'm, on this one. I'm Neville. at that Venn diagram where I where I think it's both. I'm I'm gonna call his bluff on on the double and say open parenthesis, you gotta close parenthesis, fight for your right, open parenthesis to party, close parenthesis. It. It'll feel so Let's good go if we're right. I, I love yeah. it. You are one hundred percent correct. That is it. It is the it is the it is the, it is the out of nowhere double parenthesis. You gotta in parenthesis fight for your right, and then another set of parenthesis opens up just when you thought you were done. Incredible! I put that down because I wanted an extra point, but you stole that point away from me with your incredible Fantastic. parenthetical uh, really. prowess. Yep, Col- Colarian yeah. move to be sure. Extremely yeah. Colarian, yes. Very yeah. well, well spotted. <laughs> All right, I feel like we're having a good time here. I'm just going to keep going with these. Uh, question number nine: uh, Jay Z chose an unusual sample to build this 1998 song around. Uh, the Broadway musical Annie. Right. So mm-hmm. is it Hard Knock Life? Is it mm-hmm. Parens? It's a uh... And then Hard Knock Life, or oh, I can't remember if the original song even has the Itza Mm. in the title, and so he might have put in the Itza just to sound. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, you could argue it either way, right? 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 Oh, like the original was just Hard Knock Life. We'll say open parenthesis. It's a close parenthesis. Hard Knock Life. Unfortunately, you guys oh. got sidetracked and and off on the off a, 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 the complete wrong direction with this. Oh one. The no! Actual, the actual title of the song is "Hard Knock Life." Open parentheses. Ghetto anthem. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah, man, that's right. Right. Oh. yeah, that's we totally went for the me. wrong. We took the wrong fork. Exactly. You got. You got. Yeah. You got. You got uh, uh, distracted by the itza. Okay. <laughs> Question number 10. This Aretha Franklin hit was covered by Carol King on her album Tapestry. I think that's You Make Me Feel yeah. Like a Natural Woman. Yeah. You Make Me Feel Like a In the Parens. And I might Ooh, be wrong. I, how think, I, feel. I think uh, I think uh is part of the title. Oh, natural we... Woman versus A Natural Woman. I think oh, it's I think okay. it's just Natural Woman. All Ooh. right, Neville, you call it. You call it. I'm going to go for open parenthesis, you make me feel like a, uh, close parenthesis, 
natural woman. Wrong. Wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. The title is, open parenthesis, you make me feel like, close parenthesis, unnatural woman. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> Not even I knew until I looked at that and I was like, huh, the song's title is Unnatural natural Woman. woman. Uh, you make me feel like in the print. It's weird, right? Didn't I didn't know so, that. Yeah, a little bit. But we're having fun. I have two more. I have two more. Right now, you guys have five points and I have four points. So I have How's that possible? We just did. Forget it. Just, just, just don't even pay attention. Probably you guys have six points. Question number 11. How can I just let you walk away? Sang Phil Collins in this theme song to a 1984 film. I don't know. Oh, I against don't know all odds, take a look at me now. Yeah. Oh, right. take a look at, look me, at now. me now. I don't know, y'all. Was this? I, 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 at the risk of being the boy who cried wolf, I just want to say it. Is it? Is it possible that this is another one where, like, it's the theme from? Because it wasn't a what movie, movie, right? Is it from against yeah, all odds. Against all odds. Parentheses. Ah, oh, man. Take, take a, a look, look at, at me, me now. now. Close parentheses. Let's just go yeah. for it. Okay. Uh, against all odds, open parenthesis. Take a look at me now. Close parenthesis. That's it. You got hey, it. All right. The teamwork. That, follow, that follows the um the movie, uh, <laughs> the movie title rule. It follow. It does. It follows the movie title rule exactly. Yep. Title of the movie and then what the song actually says. Yeah. <laughs> um. Finally, question number twelve. Question number twelve. Uh. Let's let's go right back to the Beatles. Uh. John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote this song. About a guy who, I guess, burns a woman's house down, apparently, in the end? I don't know. I don't know the Beatles. So Colin will have to uh, carry us. Who burns a woman's house down. He hangs out at her apartment or her house, and then he, then at the end, he, uh, he just sets it on fire. Oh, you stomp yeah. them. Maxwell oh. Silverhammer? No, that's about him killing women with a hammer. That's yeah. Yes. I wouldn't right, have buried okay. the lead on that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. Um, the house on fire. I mean, it's got to be later period. It's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. That's. I'm, just, I'm trying to run through like Sergeant Pepper's. I'm trying to run through it. I mean, huh. hangs around, burns around. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Can you can you sing a bar? Do you, are you picking up? It's Obladi. I think. I think. Desmond has a burr in the marketplace. I don't think that that's because they get married happy ever after in the marketplace. Yeah, Molly is a singer yeah, in the band. Yeah, Desmond yeah, sees yeah. home and does his pretty right. face. This is amazing, you guys. We might we, we might need to dip and we might need to dip for a hint, or Chris is just going to zero us out. It is it is from the album Rubber Soul. Oh, okay. That's a weird one, right? Yes. Yeah. Norwegian wood. This bird has flown. Oh yes, yes, you're right. That is, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, I think I think it's Norwegian wood. Parenthesis. This bird has flown. Close parenthesis. Yes, that's it. You got it. Congratulations. Oh my god, you're incredible. You know what? That's that is that is an excellent, excellent illustration of team based trivia because you guys, you know, sort of like maybe the the, the the sort of the Beatles experts couldn't think of it. Karen throws out like this one song that she's heard of, and then it's like, oh, boom, that's it. And I know the parenthetical part. I mean, that's you you would not have been able to reach that individually, but it's like a team of people can reach a conclusion that each of those individuals working separately would not have been able to reach. Yes, sir. And I think that's I think that's a, a beautiful illustration of uh of team based pub trivia right there. So great job, everybody. <laughs> I was hoping for the offspring. The offspring has a bunch. 
Don't spoil, uh, don't spoil part two. I now have yeah I know. Well now I can <laughs> now I can't use that. Well now no I have <laughs> I have a whole massive list. There's so many that I could do it again. Okay. So yeah. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Today, our special guest, Neville, Neville Fogarty, is joining us for our All Quiz Bonanza number 48. And it's your turn to shine. Neville, what do you have in store for us? Well, thanks, Karen. Since y'all were so kind enough to invite me to join you today, I, I really didn't want to feel like I was coming between you. And I took that as my inspiration for this quiz, which I call Between You and Me. So in this quiz, I will give you two things, and you just have to tell me what comes in between them. So sometimes that'll be physically, sometimes (laughs) geographically, temporally. It's up to you to figure that out. So we'll do this on the buzzer. So go ahead and grab your barnyard buzzers. And here's your first one. All right. What comes between faster and stronger? That looks like that might have been Colin. Uh, I believe the uh, Olympic slogan is faster, higher, stronger. Oh. Yes. So higher is what comes in the middle. That's right. That's Citius Altius Fortius, the Olympic motto. I thought it was the Daft Punk song. I'm thinking of Daft Punk and I'm like, nothing? Me too. Uh, Uh, Yes. A little misdirect uh, there. uh, Yeah, I love it. That's That's good. While while researching this, that that was called hendiatris. That's a word from the Greek for a figure of speech with three related parts. So like lock, stock, and barrel. And that just comes from the Greek for one through three. That's the hen, like in hendecagon, in tris. I tried to then stay away from that example of just three words in a phrase. So well done getting that one, Colin. And here comes something completely different. Neville, did you just slip in hen decagon? Yeah. Yeah, well, I teach math. That's, that's what I do for, oh, for a living. that makes sense. We just learned that recently on the show. Uh, you're just like, oh, and Decagon. We're like, wow, I know that word now. Uh, yes, I am familiar like with that word. Here's your next one. What comes between market and roast beef? Oh, 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 oh. Um, oh uh, uh, yeah. Karen. Stayed home as in this little piggy? That's exactly right. It's home. Yes! That's what that's what your little piggies do in the nursery rhyme. So these can come from any walk of life. For example, what comes between troposphere and mesosphere? Oh, oh I don't know. Man. I'm so bad at these. Uh, uh, all right. So, okay. Karen. I'll just throw Karen. it out there. Stratosphere. It's stratosphere. You've done it. Yeah! Sometimes the, the strategy is say the one you know. Yep. The those are the layers of the atmosphere. The troposphere is the lowest one, the one that we're in where weather takes place. Then stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere, and exosphere. Okay. And so for what it's worth, well, I, I found a mnemonic because, uh, good job, Brain, we love a mnemonic. And the best one I could find was the snow makes things exciting. 
But oh. I still take issue because there are two of the words that start with T. Yeah. And they yeah. both have the TH. So <laughs> I want it to be like a TR word. Snow Trash. makes things exciting. Trash Trashy snow makes snow. things exciting. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our mnemonic for the layers of the atmosphere. <laughs> what comes between George Washington and Theodore Roosevelt? What single oh. thing? Oh, oh, oh. Um, is it Thomas Jefferson? It is Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, okay. You know okay, why? Because they're on Mount Rushmore. In that That's order? exactly right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We went as uh, Mount Rushmore one year for uh, <laughs> a, a dress-up night for our pub quiz year years ago, and I remember like we printed out a little you know popsicle sticks of like the faces, and we masks. also had to like try and cram together and get the masks <laughs> in the right order. And, it's so yeah. good. It's such a good <laughs> costume. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Somewhere we'll see if we can find a picture of that. What comes between Jan and Peter? Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, Chris. Alice. Yes, it's Alice. Yeah. <laughs> Alice being, of course, yeah. in the center yeah. of the nine square <laughs> grid uh, that starts every episode. Oh, the TV of the intro. Bunch. The TV yeah. intro. The little blue backgrounds. Right, right. I was thinking ages at, at first. You, did, you had a good distractor yeah. there. I was like, but wait, but Jen and Peter are both the middle kids, so there's no... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. Yeah, I've tried to make these so that there is one definitive thing in between. Mm, Love it. With that in mind, tell me, what comes between pulp and enamel? Oh, okay. Um, Chris. The, you know, the regular (laughs) part of the I'm stalling. You're stalling. Tooth bone. It's not the tooth bone. I hope it's this because it's the only other part I know. Is it the dentin? It is the dentin. Oh, well wow. done. Uh, Chris is right that, that we are thinking about the, the tooth here. And mm-hmm. so the enamel is that surface on top. And then sort of the core is the pulp. And in between is the dentin. I was At first I was like, orange juice. What comes between pulp and no pulp? <laughs> Some pulp. <laughs> Two percent. Yeah. Uh, next up, what comes between Illinois Avenue and oh. Atlantic Avenue? Oh man, Karen. These are the red properties of Monopoly, and I think it's Kentucky. I can tell you that Kentucky is a red avenue in Monopoly, and so is Illinois. But the answer is not Kentucky. I was just going to say, all right. My, my thing is, it's one of the railroads or one of the utilities. I'm, oh, man, I'm so bad at the Orient. I'll, I'll say it, Reading. Reading. You know, it, Reading it is Railroad. not Reading Railroad. B and O Railroad. Ah, yeah. Good one. Wow, yeah. that's hard. That comes up in trivia a lot. Oh, it does. Monopoly it board. Really does. It does. Yeah, just yeah, rife for trivia. <laughs> what comes between Captain and Lieutenant Colonel. Ooh. Ooh. Go for it, Colin. Uh, major? It's major. You've done it. Hey. Wow. That's exactly and, right. All right. These are officer ranks in the U.S. Army. Okay. I was going to say, I wasn't sure what branch, but yeah. All right. U.S. Army ranks. Okay. Next. What comes, if you can remember this, between left shark and right <laughs> shark? <laughs> yes, Chris. Katy Perry. <laughs> yes, it's Katy Perry from the 2015 Super Bowl. 
I'm going to give you a hint for this one. The answer is not Cleveland. Hmm. Okay. All right. So tell me what comes between Cleveland and Cleveland. Okay. 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 Uh, okay. So who was president between Grover Cleveland's two consecutive terms is how I'm interpreting this question. There's absolutely no excuse for us not knowing these inside and out. And yet here we are with our pants down again. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, you have, you have the exact right <laughs> idea here. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself out on the limb here. Uh, was Go it, was it, it uh, Chester Arthur? It's not Chester Arthur. Yeah, Chris. Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> this, whether the A is in parentheses or not, yeah. it is It is not any form of Chester Arthur. Chester, okay. a natural woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the A stands for. Uh, it's Harrison as in Benjamin Harrison. Oh, okay. Benji. Okay. Tell me, what comes between Ghana and Benin? Oh. Oh! And call it. I'm pretty sure I know this. I believe it's Togo. It is Togo. My ninth grade uh, teacher. Uh, I got to give it up to to Mrs. Hepner. She she said, "All right, Ghana, Togo, Benin." She remember, go to bed. And yeah. that that to me Aww. now, all these years later, all these years later, still sticks with me. I mean, if I'm looking up, go to bed. GTB. Uh, tell me what comes between sulfur and argon. Oh man! All right. Well, argon is a noble gas, so it's all the way on the right. You know, so I, it's I like that thought. Be slightly, okay. to, slightly to the left of it. Yeah. Fluorine. Fluorine is one of the halogens, but it's the one that's next to oxygen. So we're we're down we're down one row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay, if you man. listen to fluorine, you might get a rhyme. Fluorine. Fluorine is it? Oh, Nicely oh, done. Okay. Nice. Uh, what comes between a loose head prop and a tight head prop? Huh. <laughs> I can tell Let's you. go. Yeah. Okay. Go for it, Chris. Me- medium head prop. <laughs> <laughs> that's a brilliant idea, but if no. If that's not it, that's, I'm at least, you know, process of, let's get it out there. I'm not even sure what arena we're in here. Is this like, like aircraft, like a propeller? I mean, is this... I, I... This is someone whose job is to prop someone uh, else. But, but some other field Puppetry. where, where you might so rely on someone for physical support. Like okay. cheerleading? These are positions oh. in rugby. Oh. They support the person who reaches in with their legs in the scrum to try and get the ball. Huh. And that player is called the quarterback. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that it's the hooker the because they hooker hook the ball and pull it back. They're, oh. they're also called the rake. That that's a toughie. That's that's, that's a some tough specialized one. knowledge. And here's your last one. Tell me what comes between it's your funeral home and crematorium, and a different shop in nearly every episode. Oh, gosh. Oh. Colin. Is that Bob's Burgers? It is Bob's Burgers. Okay. (laughs) The the restaurant Bob's Burgers on the TV show of the same name sits between a funeral home and crematorium. And in the opening sequence, we see that the building on the other side is 
newly renovated and a, a, a different store has taken over in, in each episode. For example, a fridge too far used appliances <laughs> or you can't handle the tooth dental extraction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Their puns are so good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Their puns really are so are. good. Well done. You you all got so many points that I frankly lost track. <laughs> Here's a bit of a, a behind-the-scenes story. This is not my quiz. Actually, Colin, you touched upon this earlier. Um, even though we've been making this show since 2012, making quizzes is still like a – it's a process filled with ups and downs, right? There are like half-baked ideas, half-written uh, quizzes, or, or even like failed ideas that never even make it to the air. <laughs> right. Um, I have so many of them. It's tricky because sometimes it's about gauging difficulty. Sometimes it's about execution. Sometimes it's about maybe it doesn't seem as fun. Um, so it's a lot of things to to balance. So I want to tell you guys this quiz idea that I had for this episode that I absolutely love, but it ju I just couldn't get it to work. But as a silver lining, I found something really, really interesting that I would like to share. So back in episode 225, All Quiz 45, I debuted a quiz, hopefully you guys remember, where I used the text-to-speech AI to oh, make yeah, famous yeah. cartoon characters read, <laughs> yeah. recite oh, yes. Shakespeare yeah. lines. I still have nightmares um, about some of them, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to identify the play and identify the cartoon character speaker, right? Here's an example. All that glitters is not gold. So for this week, I wanted to do something similar. You know those um inspirational or cheeky quote signs that people put on their walls? Yes. As like decor? Yeah, successories. L live, love. <laughs> what is it? Successories? Oh, I thought you were talking about like the corporate ones. Like, you know. Oh, those two. Oh, yeah. Those where, guys. you know, it's like teamwork and it's a picture of, you know, like animals, like making a bridge to get some food or something like that. Yeah. Right. Successories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, but you're talking about more like the stuff that they hang up at the live, laugh, love written in cursive on the kitchen. <laughs> right, wall, right. The like walls. <laughs> okay, okay. All yeah. right. Live, laugh, love, another hindiatrist. Hey. Ah. My dear for this quiz i was gonna go on etsy find some wall decor quotes and then use the same text-to-speech ai to get like famous cartoon voices to read them out loud and you have to identify the voices <laughs> i i just couldn't get it to work but i okay. found a lot of i found i found a lot of good quotes like you know like don't talk to me until i have coffee but i did find the origin to the live laugh love phenomenon no, really? yes Whoa. There's there's an origin story. So most people think it's a it's Emerson quote, oh. American writer, poet. Yes, I certainly thought that. Yes, <laughs> I... it, people people attribute, uh, but it's not. It is not. The original came from poet Bessie Anderson Stanley in her poem called Success. So titled Success. And the passage reads, I'll read it to you. He has achieved success who has lived well laughed often and loved much this is actually etched on her headstone hmm. by the way this is the second time this season i had to go to findagrave.com <laughs> to fact check the gravestone but like so this this larger passage of the poem is is on her on her gravestone so and somehow people just kind of condensed it into from that passage to oh live laugh love uh, according to google searches for live laugh love took off in 2004 and really, really peaked at 2008. And analysts actually theorized that it was because of Pinterest, mm -hmm. Etsy, 
and the recession, mm. the 2008 Ooh. recession. And people were really looking for that, that feel good positivity and also like an easy and cheap way to like decorate their homes or make their house feel homey and safe, you know, mm. through, through, through in the midst of recession. As of right now, I'd search for Live Life Love on Etsy. There are 12,000 things. There are 12,000 <laughs> different Live Laugh Love products. Uh, some are parody. They're candles. They're signs. Um, but yeah, Live Laugh Love. Not an Emerson quote. It is from Bessie Anderson Stanley, the mother of Live Laugh Love. So much sports talk. I wasn't really anticipating so much sports talk in this episode because, uh, as, as you know, <laughs> it's not our area of expertise. In the spirit of always bettering ourselves a lot like Dana always used to make us do uh, on these shows is always mm -hmm. take, take your our fears. Yeah, take our medicine. So here I have a quiz about sports. Colorful and descriptive sport jargon. Ooh. Terminology. There's the three of you guys. I have nine questions. We're going to rotate around. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the sport and I'm going to tell you the very descriptive jargon. And I want you to answer what you think it's describing. All right. And we'll do it in turns. So who wants to start first? I'll go for it. All right. All right. Neville, special guest. In ice skating, what is a hair cutter? You've got these skates with blades on them. And so I can imagine that this is like someone taking a, a bit of a, a T where they... They, they have one leg normal, and the, the front of their body is leaning forward, and their other leg is up, and they're going to spin around, and they're going to sort of go above someone's mm. head. I love the imagination. A hair cutter is when a single skater, they're spinning, and they hold uh, one of their ankles to their head, and then they lean back. Ah. Their head leans back, oh. right? So they're bringing that blade close to their head, and they're spinning. That is a hair cutter. Wow. All right, next one. Chris, in yeah. bowling, what is a ham bone? <laughs> what do you think a ham bone is? What is a ham bone? All of these terms, they're not you know it or you don't. They're descriptive <laughs> enough that you can kind of go with it. It kind of clues into to what they are. Right, right, right. A ham bone. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I'm picturing like a wishbone type shape. I mean, is it a certain configuration of pins that are left after a, a ball strike, like a certain type of split of the Ooh. pins? I like that idea. I like that idea. That actually I read is called a sour apple. Uh, here. It's a, it's a, it's you bowl and then there's a split that uh -huh. happens. That's a sour apple. Uh, a ham bone uh -huh. is the next evolution of a turkey. Oh, really? So it's four strikes four in a row? Four strikes in a row. Ah, uh, okay, yes. You upgrade from your turkey feast to a ham. That's a downgrade <laughs> for me, yeah. but okay. All right, Colin, you're next. In right. skiing, mm. in skiing, what is a milk run? A milk run, a milk run, or a milk route. I'll, I'll say, I'll say that is like a super easy route or a super easy path. Like I know, like sometimes in skiing, they have like you know you can take different you know routes down down the slopes. I'll say it's a, a really easy one. You're close. In skiing, a milk run is the first run of the day, oh. usually early in the morning. So it's like a milkman on his route. Oh, okay. On All their right. route, milk All person. Right. The, the snow conditions are are maybe a little bit better, so it's a great way to like warm up for, for the Got rest it. of the day. Uh, Neville, your turn. 
in Australian rules football, we have to include Australian rules football. Sure. They just had the grand finals. In Australian rules football, what is a glue pot? I, I'll give you a hint. It's not, it's not a move or a person. What is a glue <laughs> pot? Something that is sticky? Yeah, I mean, I feel like Australian rules, rules football is the one where sometimes people will pick other people up. Yeah, yes. And, yes. and I kind of, I want to see if that one thing that I know about Australian rules football <laughs> might it all be related <laughs> to a glue, like maybe, maybe it has to do with what if, what if there's, what if there's a, like a mud puddle on the pitch? Ah. That's exactly what it what? is. Really? <laughs> Amazing is describing the conditions where the field, maybe after a rain, um, ah. it, it, it gets sticky. And so like traversing through that part of the pitch, uh, the field is is sticky. And it's like, a, like going through glue pot. That's good. Um, wow. All right. Chris, you're up. In rowing. Okay. What is catching a crab? <laughs> I mean, I wish that it was like, like the ore comes Literally. up out of the water and there's just a crab hanging onto it. Um, and uh, then you win. Then you win the rowing for the day. <laughs> yeah, and, the uh, golden crab. But I'm pretty sure that's not it. Is okay, okay, okay. So I mean, you know, crabs, you know, the two kind of thing. Like if if two oars like smack into each other or, or interlock or something like that. You're so close. Uh, you're oh. so close. I'm gonna give it to you. It is a, a rower with a faulty stroke. It catches the water in kind of the wrong way, oh. and it oh, okay. and it whips the handle oh. of the oar into your face. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean. It's not good, but it's really funny yeah. when you do a Google image search of uh, a <laughs> It's a lot of like high speed photographs just, of people oof. like <laughs> yeah, yeah, oof, oof right. faces. Fantastic. Wow, very, very good guess. Very good guess. All right, Colin. Yeah, you're let's next. Do it. In golf, mm. what is afraid of the dark? Huh. Afraid of the dark. Afraid of the dark in golf. The ball does something. You say the ball's afraid of the dark, or maybe say the I, I don't know. Like like a ball that goes in the sand. It likes the light. It doesn't want the lights to go off. Well, that could be okay. What's what's at, what's dark? What's a dark place that the ball? Oh, oh yeah, it doesn't want to go in the hole. It doesn't want to go in the Yay! hole. It's afraid of the dark. Thank you, Chris, for leading me by the nose there to that one. Yes, the ball that won't go yeah. in the hole. It's afraid of the dark. It's the player's fault, <laughs> but you're blaming the ball. No, it's, oh, it's always afraid the of the ball's dark. Fault. Yeah, it's, it's always, always the, the ball's, ball's fault. fault. Uh, poor ball. All right, Neville. Uh, last one for you. In cricket, what is a Bunsen? The full term is Bunsen burner. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Rhyming, rhyming, rhyming slang. slang. Okay. Uh, okay, Bunsen burner, something that rhymes with burner. Earner, learner. It could be a learner, like someone who's new to it and is a rookie. Oh, um, that person's a real Bunsen. Yeah. Mm. Um, a turner or returner. You got it. It is, is it? a turner. It's a turner? A, a ball that, that turns when it spins. It's, it's turning. That's great. Wow. I wish we had more Cockney yes. rhyming slang in the US. I, I know that's a nonsensical statement, but I it's just- It's like a I, puzzle. Yeah, it's great. It is. I, it's I a built-in it. puzzle. Yep. Um, all right, Chris, you're next. In tennis and, in, and sometimes in other sports like Ultimate Frisbee, what is uh -huh. a bagel? What is a bagel? Oh, is it- 
Well, wait, no, I mean, I was going to say, oh, it's a hole in one, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> a tennis hole in one. A tennis hole in one. Well, the, what do you yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that's my thing. It's like something, if I keep playing tennis, but I can't get the ball to go into Chris, the hole. we get a bagel um, in, in uh, sports trivia. Oh, is it literally just, oh, is it, it's just a zero? <laughs> it is, it is zero. In tennis specifically, it is a, a six zero set. Yeah. But oh, okay. in a lot of sports. Oh, okay. It is just zero because it has a hole through it. All right, last question. And this is the the one that inspired this quiz. Colin, in baseball, what is a snow cone? Oh, I know a snow. I know one. Confidently, a snow cone. I I know this. Snow snow cone. (laughs) Snow cone is when uh, a fielder goes to catch the ball and and catches it, but just barely. It's like at the in the tip of their glove, and you see it poking out. <laughs> oh, it's poking oh, out the man. top of their gloves, and it looks like they're holding. It looks oh, like they're man. holding a little snow cone. Yeah, it's, that is exactly correct. And for some reason, this cracked me up so much. I just looked at pictures yeah. of and it. Just call this phenomenon a snow cone. It's just ball is on top of their folded glove, and it looks like they're carrying a, a snow. Anyways, thank you everybody for my sports jargon quiz, all inspired by the snow cone. That's Uh, so creative. That's the end of the show. Neville, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, you had a good time. We had a oh, this was such a blast. I hope I'll get to be back sometime. Neville, where can people find you? Um, if you're a person who enjoys solving puzzles, you can find my work all over the place. Cryptics in the New Yorker and standard American puzzles, occasionally in USA Today, the New York Times, and other places. And if, for whatever reason, you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Flying Elevator, and I'll leave you with the puzzle of figuring out why. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and that is our show. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like Movie Therapy, Big Picture Science, and The Secret History of Hollywood. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.